bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number six. And man, we are glad to be back. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. 2022 of course at 8 p.m and we are bringing you all of the local motocross action from north carolina virginia uh the surrounding states so thank you very much for joining us this week on another episode of the imperative mx podcast i am your host zach newberry and we would like to thank each and every person that has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and uh to be honest a great positive feedback from these have already um, it has actually really just been awesome. So thank you guys very much uh, for being here each and every episode. And if you have not checked out any of the other episodes, make sure to do yourself a favor and check them out uh, now everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Listen Notes, Pandora, and just uh, you know so much more uh, where you can listen to the Imperative MX podcast. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to um, local racing all the way um, to professional. Uh, there's so much to get into here on episode number six and the talking points to chat about in this episode. Uh, we have the Minios Amateur National down in uh, Newberry, Florida, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Zach Heron is our first call in that we uh, will have here on the Imperative MX podcast. He's going to call in. He's an amazing musician um and uh announcer in the in uh, series uh we have a uh, local racing talk to get into professional supercross paris supercross talk and so much more here on the imperative mx podcast so make sure to check us out on instagram facebook and our popular tiktok channel that actually just hit 24,000 followers uh i believe just the other day so thank you guys so much uh, for all of the support on each and every social media. Uh, all of those links will be in the description down below if you're watching here on uh, YouTube or listening. And uh, if you're not, find us uh, by looking up the Imperative MX podcast on any of the other um, social medias or wherever you find your podcast. So this is going to be a whole lot of fun here on episode number six, like I said, uh, especially when it comes um, to... The racing that's actually going on this week, uh, Thanksgiving week here in 2022. Uh, but before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors that are on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydro Power, and Dirt Industries. Uh, we will get more into these sponsors throughout the pod. Uh, so support the ones that support the sport like these companies helping us with this podcast to bring you these a weekly. Uh, we will get more, like I said, into these companies here in a little bit. But uh, to help me break down all of the talk talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, hilarious, knowledgeable, uh, your 2020, uh, sorry, 2011 C-Class or uh, District 29 champion <laughs> and a proud father of uh, that beautiful little girl, uh, Heavy D, what's going on, brother? Oh, dude, another day, another day. Be excited about another awesome episode, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. It's crazy that we have already done six of these, Heavy D, and uh, 
the support from everybody has been phenomenal all the way uh, up and down the board. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. It's been awesome. Like, it's crazy. Like, I mean, six episodes ago, we was just talking about, hey, a podcast will be sick, and now we're here rolling with it, and people are digging it, and I couldn't be more pumped on it, and I'm excited. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's honestly awesome to have uh, the support from the local motocross community, like I said, in the North Carolina, Virginia uh, surrounding uh, states. And, uh, man, we've done a lot already in these past uh, six episodes, uh, or five episodes, I should say. Now we're on to number six. But, man, we have a lot of talking points to get into this one, and uh, it's good. The local scene is uh, living very well uh, right now, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely. Right now, it seems, uh, I mean, it seems like it's, it's, it's slowly but surely getting back to where it was years ago. And uh, I only hope to see it get better. Um, hopefully, uh, us two over here at Imperative, you know, pushing forward and talking about it, the more and more, the more people we'll see start to hit up the local scene and actually want to be a part of it and, you know, grow the local scene as much as possible, you know? Absolutely. And, um, if you've been here in any of the past five episodes already, uh, you know that we support heavily on the local motocross community because if there was no local motocross community, there would be no top professionals. There would be no fun having, uh, there would be no, uh, throttle twisting on the weekend. And realistically, there would be no motocross, uh, across the board because the manufacturers wouldn't uh, get any money to produce any of the motorcycles. So um, we're doing our part to help out the uh, local community in uh, motocross. And uh, you guys need to do uh, so yourself by going to these local motocross races and helping out uh, the, you know, the trackside supporters and all of these people that go to these races because, you know, there's a lot more things in this world and they decide to come out to the uh, to the motocross uh, races to help and uh, race so um, but heavy D we're gonna get into uh, a little bit of Minio's talk uh, down there in Newberry Florida as you know it's the week of Thanksgiving and myself and my father has uh, have been to Minio's a handful of times uh, one year I went with Jim Neese alone and uh, yeah no uh, have you ever been heavy D oh yeah I've been now I didn't race it but I've been uh four four or five times i've went quite a bit okay um yeah it's uh man it was a long drive for me i remember that i think it was like 15 hours for us uh to get all the way yeah it was a it was a long trip for us to get down to gainesville uh pretty much is what we called it and then newberry florida obviously um no kin unfortunately so we couldn't go into restaurants and you know kind (laughs) of get our way in the free food or food lion or you know anything like that but um man it's a it's a great track i have not been there and i want to say probably 10 years or or more um and i've seen the overhead drone shots and man they've done a lot in the past uh uh, obviously since i've been there and uh man i gotta i gotta make it out next year that's kind of my plan is to make sure that we hit up all the amateur nationals because you know we want to support the amateur national scene and all of the racers that are um you know going to these local motocross races that we are going to and uh it's good to see those um guys that are down there uh at minios even this year heavy d oh yeah it's it's pretty awesome you know like i haven't been 
Actually, I haven't been to many of those in like two, three years now. I think the last year I went was like 2020 or 2021. No, it was 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2020 was the last year I went. It was pretty awesome. I went with my boy Trey, and uh, like uh, he he's always went with his parents, and that was the first year he went without like his parents and it was a bunch of us we went out there and had a good time dude it was so sick like he he ripped it up and it was awesome the track was sweet uh i mean it's i think it's a race everybody looks forward to just because i mean you know it's thanksgiving week it's family real family oriented and and like you said earlier they've put like a lot of time and money into that place like every year you go back it's it's something added to it so i think that's pretty cool within itself you know yeah, absolutely, and uh, everybody can watch, if you did not know, uh, every single day starting at 7.30 all the way until 6 o'clock or dark, the last race that they have of the day. They have it live uh, with announcers and, you know, podium speeches and Wes Kane and uh, Megawatt and all those guys that are uh, calling out the races. And, um, you know, uh, if you guys are watching the uh, – or have actually really a – individual or racer that is down there and you want to know how they're doing and potentially could be on tv uh racer tv on youtube is where uh myself and heavy d have been pretty much glued to the the last couple of days because amateur racing is good these these kids are trying to make a name for themselves if they didn't if they did not do well at loretta's this is kind of their second shot for 2022 to kind of make a name for themselves and uh, that track has a lot of pressure, and each year that I went, it was a it was a ton of pressure. The first year I went, I was on 60s. I was scared for my life. Uh, these kids were jumping over me on the Supercross track, jumping these triples, and I'm barely doubling them. And, um, you know, out on the moto track, these bumps are bigger than, you know, me, and these kids are just flying past me. And, man, it's a – if especially on the East Coast, if you want to get – you know, if you don't make it to Loretta's and you want to go uh, to race, you know, somewhere that has a lot of, you know, a lot of the top, pro uh, you know, top prospects in the amateur motocross scene, it's there uh, at Minio's. Oh, 100%. It's, it's crazy because, like, like you said, you know, a lot of a lot of the kids that sometimes don't do good at Loretta's, they go to Minio's and um, they race it. And even what's cool is a lot of the kids that don't race, that don't actually make it to Loretta's at all, they get to go down to Minio's and and race and try and get in and race with a bunch of the top guys that did do good at the ranch or did make it to the ranch. So, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome right there. And um, I think it's legit how they do that. Now, granted, it is probably – 50 times more people there at Minio's than it is at Loretta's, but it's all in all, I think it's well worth it because you don't get me wrong. The competition at Loretta's is, it's hard by all means, you know, but I think it's just as hard as mid at Minio's because you got to get through so many other kids just to race within that week. So you like, you got to be on your a game, like from jump. Right. You know, yeah, and if you're, if you are not, um, especially in Supercross, man, it's all about those first two laps uh, sprint to put yourself in a great position. Obviously, the start, right? The the start's gonna help. Um, oh yeah. But if you can work your way up through the pack, if you get a bad start, or even if you get fifth, you know, whatever the case may be, um, and really, really 
put out for those first two, three laps, um, especially if you only have five or six laps, uh, you know, on the Supercross. And I think outdoors, I think they're only going to have four and probably the 50s are going to go three, if I would imagine, Heavy D, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, Well, yeah, A goes like seven or eight. I think they go seven. Yeah. They're a college boy, but, I mean, regardless of the fact, like you say, uh, the rec- yeah, Fides is three and everybody else is like four. I mean, I think, no, they may be doing five because they finish Supercross early. They don't finish till Sunday. So I think they're like actually getting more laps. That's why they're, and they got like 6,000, 7,000 entries too. But still, yeah. I think they get a, a, a few more laps. So one of the one of the things that I wanted to get into um, before we talk to Zach Heron here on the Imperative MX podcast, he'll be our first call in, which I'm super stoked about. Uh, Heavy D, are you stoked to talk to Zach? Oh, dude, that- I can't wait. Like musician, writer, like somebody announcer. Just, yeah, like he's all of the above. Somebody that's just as deep into the sport as we are, and we get like his inputs, point of views, and opinions. Like I love it. And Zach's like probably one of the coolest dudes you're gonna ever meet and talk to. He's so laid back. He one hell of a people's person. That's for sure. Absolutely, and we'll get to him here and uh, here in just a minute. But speaking on the amateur uh, racing you know, in motocross, uh, it, the entry levels, uh, or the entry numbers have been outstanding in the 65, the fifties, the eighties, um, even the C classes, obviously, um, over a hundred entries and, uh, multiple, multiple classes and heavy D that is, that's awesome to see here in 2022. Oh, it's, it's it's funny because, you know, the year, I want to say COVID year, that was when, like, every, I think a lot of people had their best year as far as numbers. Even many, like, even Gatorback did. But last year, what were we in, 2022? And COVID was, what, 2020? Yep. Okay, yeah. So COVID was 2020. They packed out that year. Last year, it was even bigger. They had to, like, create more parking, like, up on the Diamondback part of the track, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they had they even did it again this year. So, it's like, the numbers are insane. Like, and it's funny to even think about that. I mean, not to get off subject. Right. But considering how high gas is and, like, more people are racing, it makes zero sense. But it's pretty sweet at the same time. I mean, it's good for our industry, and that's what, you know, our industry needs um is local motocross racing right so um it's good to see uh there has been a lot of local um you know amateur racers that have been doing um you know really really well we have to talk about hayden deegan uh of course uh sweeping two out of the three um pro races um so that is uh that's really good we have to talk about daxon bennick who is a uh who's another North Carolina kid. Uh, he won that second or that other pro sport class that um, Hayden did not win. Uh, we can go all the way down to the mini E class with Absher Hall um, getting oh, yeah. uh, getting second uh, there. Um, we can do this. He was the, winning at one point. I think he was. Yeah, he was. And uh, I, I think I was probably driving um, when I was either watching it or listening to it. 
Um, there was, uh, we can go to the 50cc class with Boone Lloyd, who is from uh, Bedford. There's Chase Daschle, uh from, I forget where, um, uh, Station. Um, I forget. But we'll get into more of the, you know, these kids uh, here in a little bit after we talk with Zach. But, yeah, there's uh, Noah Stevens got a title in the Supercross uh, right also, now. Noah did get one. Noah did get one, yes. Um, and um, I think it was oh. the 250B Limited. Um, but like I said, I have all of the results here. But um, we'll get into that uh, more in a little bit after we talk with uh, with Zach. But it's it's cool. Uh, I love the because they feed right right thor parts unlimited they feed every single if you've never been to minios um down in gainesville newberry florida you need to make sure that you put it on your calendar uh for some year even if you if you even if you are not racing you're able to race you don't have to you have to qualify for the main events right um which heavy d i'm not gonna lie i went through a lot of lcqs in my time there so um and uh, uh, hey no, no, no shame on that. It's it's gnarly out there, dude. If you don't get a start, the slightest little thing, you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and what's also crazy too is that uh, there is a lot of competition in each and every class down in uh, in Minios, and that is uh, um, awesome to see all the way from the 50 CC class all the way through. And today, uh, there was that big crash. Um. Uh, with Jan uh, with Christian Janik and uh, Julian Bomber. Um, oh yeah, Julian Bomber. Yeah, yeah Bomber. Yeah. Freaky Friday. Tell me how that happened, Heavy D. <laughs> that's honestly, in my opinion, that's when you get gravity and momentum mixed together. Yeah, <laughs> gravity plus momentum because honestly. It looked like his bike sucked the foot peg into it. It was the it was the oddest thing. It was like I was like, did somebody just like throw them together? Like, I watched it. Like my, my buddy uh, Chris Post, Posty Films. Yeah, on yeah. Instagram. Yep. He's have you seen his video of it? Yeah, I actually was going through uh, Matt Burkeen's, uh the the People's Champ, local legend himself. I was going through his Instagram stories and I watched I damn near I think every single clip uh from that crash and it was like something just I mean you can say that the lines came together uh I guess but I felt like Janik was doing a pretty good job with himself but it seemed like Bomber's bike just sucked Janik's bike right up into his you know, his back tire and then just threw them both up into the sky like Superman. It was crazy. What well, that's that, that's what's funny. It's like l looking at them exit the corner, they were out of the corner. They were straight. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. It was so odd that that that, that happened. Um, like, it didn't look like that. It didn't look like Janet tried to come over anymore. It literally looked like Bomber's bike just sucked him into it. I mean, they were going to get close, right? But it didn't look like it was going to get that close. Like, uh, Bomber came around, right? Janik had the lead the entire time. Um, uh -huh. This was Schoolboy 2, if I'm not mistaken. And right. um, Janik had the lead the entire time. Bomber just got around him and, or, you know, was getting ready to make the pass, and Janik did not want to let it up, right? He was going to get close. They might have rubbed each other, maybe going off the little double before the triple uh, into the, into the right-hander, but 
I don't think it was it was never intentional. It was just one of those one in a million freak accidents. Well, yeah, like it, it's funny because you know usually if somebody comes over like that, they their bodies meet and they bump, and when they bump, Bomber should have probably like went off to the right some, but like Christian was like still low, and it was like when they went across, it was just like whoop, like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it like just swooped him like right into um Julian's back wheel and just threw them both up um into the sky. Uh it was uh it was honestly crazy. Heavy D, it was I don't think I've ever I I'm just honestly I'm baffled. I'm trying to even think of really even an explanation on how that even happened because I've I don't I mean I've we've seen riders legs uh, or thighs get caught up into somebody's back wheel, but I don't think I've ever seen somebody scoop it up like that. No, I, I hadn't by any means. Like, to me, it's still shocking. I've watched it over and over and over. And, like, usually you can have an, exclama- an explanation for something like that. But that one, is, it was a freak accident. Yeah, for uh, for sure, for sure. Um, we're going to get Zach Heron here uh, up on the phone. But before we do that, West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, uh, look no further than my friends over at uh, West Virginia Motorsports. If you are uh, around the surrounding area and looking for your uh, next pre-owned or new motorcycle, dirt bike, and or ATV, make sure to stop by. Don't forget to order your parts on the way out from you know with your current bike or with that brand new ride. So find your key uh to success and to uh fun at west virginia motorsports and i believe that we have zach heron here on the phone musician racer rider announcer everything zach you with us yes sir the zach of all trades the zach of all (laughs) trades heavy d you hear him okay oh yeah i hear him absolutely zach uh, thank you very much for joining us here on the imperative mx podcast uh Last week, uh, I actually forgot to mention this in the uh, beginning part of the podcast. I was sick last week, so there was no episode uh, for last week. But um, I'm glad that you were able to get on for uh, either last week or this week here on the Imperative MX podcast, Zach. Thank you f- so much for calling in. Yeah, man, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited. I uh, It actually worked out good. I was sick last week, too. So uh, I was a breathing sigh of relief when you texted me. But I'm glad you're feeling better. And uh, yeah, glad to be on here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, so you do a lot with uh with music and announcing, and uh, you have a you know a background in racing yourself. And uh, tell me a little bit about your music. Uh, I know we talked a little bit at Silver Valley. That's where you know myself and you uh first met for the first time. I'm sure we probably saw each other at a race maybe a couple years ago or something. You know, down the down the road or something. But absolutely, yeah, I'm sure. But um, music wise, what um. When did you start that, and uh, and how's it going right now? I guess kind of give me a, a brief summary of kind of, you know, you're growing up with music and kind of where it's taking you right now. Yeah, man, so it's uh, it's been a it's been a cool journey with, with the music side. Um, I started playing guitar and, and singing when I was in, like, second grade. Um, I really – I'm pretty fortunate to where uh, it kind of came naturally to me. I, I'm able to play by ear. Um, I wasn't ever really, like, trained reading music or anything like that. But uh, just been something I've always really enjoyed doing growing up, um, but not ever really something that I considered as a, uh, a real career path. It was more something that was just fun to do on the side, uh, made me look cool. And so 
you know, I, I enjoy doing it, but, uh, I actually, so I graduated from UNC Charlotte, right, uh, right as COVID hit. And so, um, the company I was working for, I thought I kind of had a, a career plan worked out at the time and all of that fell through. Um, and so we were sitting in the house, uh, one of the guys that I was living with, he was a musician as well. Um, and really got into, uh, creating my own music. You know, I'd been playing a lot of covers and stuff like that, but, uh, really started trying to write some stuff and, uh, it ended up working out pretty well. I was, I was satisfied with what we were able to come up with. Um, and really started to sit there and think like, man, I could probably go and do a, a couple hour show on a, on a weeknight and, uh you know, see what happens with that. And so I started doing it, uh, when I graduated, I ended up moving to Charleston, South Carolina with, uh, my childhood best friend. So it was kind of a, an awesome setup and, uh, went down there and started playing music. Um, I released my first single earlier this year. It's, uh, it's called Charleston heat. Um, and then, uh, somewhere down the line in 2021, I was, uh, messing around and decided to, to write a song about Loretta Lynn's, um, kind of jumping back to, growing up racing uh, I was fortunate enough to get out there and race in 2015 and uh you know just even if you aren't racing if you go out there and I'm sure you both can attest to this um the atmosphere and the energy that surrounds that place is unlike any other race I've ever been to professional included and uh so I tried to put that into uh into a song and really didn't think too much about it but I played it for uh some friends of mine and uh they insisted that i send it over to uh tim cotter with mx sports and uh through uh, allura McElvain, who really kind of helped send everything through to uh to tim and to the coombs family um i was actually fortunate enough to be able to go out there this year and uh i was technically the last musician to hit the stage before scotty mccreary so i'm going to tell everybody i opened up for scotty mccreary with uh, my original music it's uh, it's titled out at the ranch it's available everywhere as well but uh yeah man the music thing's been awesome i'm actually sitting right now uh, I'm going to go play some music tonight here with a couple of local musicians I hang out with, but, uh, it's been a fun journey. Um, I've been able to, to cross it over into my announcing career as well. Um, everybody at the NCMX series and the track owners that are a part of it, they've been more than supportive. I mean, the, the motocross community and the music side of my life, I really never thought would be this, uh, intertwined and everybody's been super supportive. So it's been an awesome journey so far. We'll see what happens with it, but uh, I'm having a good time right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, heavy D any, uh, any questions regarding music towards, uh, towards Zach here? Oh yeah. Like it was funny when he was sitting there talking about Loretta's and I'm just sitting here thinking, I don't know if anybody knows. I think he's the only rider that's made it to Loretta's and played at Loretta's. Did you? I th- I, I'm struggling to hear him. Did he say I was the only guy that went there and raced and played music? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So uh, there is. There's one other guy. His name's Bryce Molden, I believe. And he raced oh. there and he's performed there. But nobody else has announced there as well. And I got to announce both the year I raced and uh, this past year a little bit. So I'm hanging my hat on it. I think I've done just about all you can do out there. Oh, dude, that is sick. That is, I forgot about Bryce Molden. He's from Florida. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome, especially to hear your background with music. And uh, I'm a huge music enthusiast myself. My uh, my father at a young age uh, really, really loved the rock and roll scene. And so I got to play in drums and I went on uh, a 30-day tour uh, with a band from my local community and realized that was not the gig for me right after high school. So, um, But uh, no, I can completely understand. Um, you know, there's 
one of the things that I that I think about in motocross is I believe that racing is so much pressure and there's so much things to do and racing, you know, races and making yourself better and all of this. You almost kind of need that other escape. And it seems like for you, it seemed like music was that thing for you, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think you see that in, in several of your top athletes. I mean, uh, Justin Hill specifically is one that comes to mind. Um, he's a pretty incredible musician and that's what he's always said. Um, especially for somebody under the amount of pressure that those pro riders are under. Um, you know, they've got fans constantly chirping. Let's be honest, motocross fans are brutal. So if you have a bad weekend, uh, being able to find something that you can truly escape in, um, I think is, is important. And I mean, even myself on a, on a local scene, you know, if I go and have a bad weekend, I crash or something like that. Yeah, man, I don't want to sit there and think about how bad the weekend was and, and being able to you know play music and and find a way to uh just get away from everything is is crucial yeah absolutely and you said it best and for me it was music i just um i didn't play as much because i had drums and you know drums are loud so you can't really play it everywhere right but uh for yourself i can see it 100 percent with uh with the guitar and especially with your voice i've never heard you in person uh but i saw uh that you played at Loretta Lenz and I knew right from there that you were good and actually I think your first single that you came out with I forget the name of it but I 100% listened to it at the beginning of the year when when it came out um, because I actually after the weekend uh, from Silver Valley I was like I know I've heard one of his, his songs before and I went back and sure enough that was the one that I've heard before and um, you have amazing talent and an amazing voice and uh, it's awesome to see what uh, you have done, you know, with your music career that's transi transitioned into this uh, motocross gig that you do for an announcing and uh, especially with that N NCMX series, uh, Mike Farr and everybody that, you know, the track owners, like you said, everybody does a fantastic job over there. And kind of what um, what made you want to get into announcing for uh, the local motocross scene? So, man, it's it's pretty crazy. I'm, uh, I'm going to be 25 this coming Saturday. And uh, I realized that 2022 is the 10-year anniversary of when I started announcing. So I was uh, out in Zeus at a Zeus City Motorsports Park that was there in Asheboro, North Carolina. Um, that was my local track. It was only a couple miles from my house. Okay, so um, and, so and, hold on, hold on. You've I know that you had to have seen me because in 2011, 2010, maybe 09, um, I was there. I would say every single week. Uh, one of those years uh, with Absolutely. Jim Neese. Yeah. Uh, Whatever year it was, then I guarantee you I saw you. Because, I mean, I could literally ride my bicycle from my house to Zoo City and back. Um, Barry Manus and the entire Manus family, they were uh, childhood friends of ours. We grew up, uh, I grew up with Damon. And so, uh, yeah, no, I've definitely seen you out there if you frequented the zoo for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you have actually been um, announcing way, way more than – um just this year oh yeah no man it's uh it's it's funny to think about i uh so i had actually broken my shoulder blade in 2012 and the uh the brace that i had uh mike elliott who was the announcer at zoo city who i kind of really owe most of my announcing start to he was actually out at silver valley that was the first time i'd seen him in a long time okay but uh mike needed to uh he needed to go to the bathroom and so when he was walking to the porta john he uh, stuck the microphone in my hand and I just kind of started chatting. Um, I don't think it uh, takes long to figure out that I'm not an introvert. I like talking. And uh, so I just started talking about what was going on out on the track. 
and wandered my way out into the middle of the track. And quite honestly, I don't know if Mike ever got the microphone back. He said, um, you know what, this this guy is doing, uh, you know, a hell of a job, and I'm out. I'll still get paid for the announcing it. job, and I'll just hand it off to somebody else. Yep, he was oh, totally boy. fine with just hanging out, and uh, it was it was cool. And, I mean, especially back then when I did heal up and started racing again, you know, if I needed him to do a race, he was always more than happy to let me announce, um, but he was more than happy to jump in and announce some as well. And so uh, I really owe a big thank you to, to Mike uh, and to Zoo City as well, so – um, that's where I got my start. I was uh, doing pretty much all of the announcing there in the, the final few years they were open. Um, and then they, uh, Mike Elliott introduced me to Joe and Peggy Ussery over at Windy Hill. Yep. Um, another absolutely fantastic family that um, I, I 100% love. Kelly and all of them, they were just so kind to me uh, from a young age and, and took me under their wing. And so I started doing uh, pretty much all of their races, uh, the Sam Gammon Mega Ultra Series Um and so, really, that was kind of my primary announcing gig was, was Windy Hill um, through the end of high school and through a decent amount of college. Um, and then from there, Alex Wagers got me introduced uh, to Cliff and everybody over at Dreamville. Um, and then it was earlier this year that I, I got introduced to Mike Farr and uh, really got introduced to this NCMX series, which was taken over for District 29. Um, and, man, what, what a year it has been. Um, I, it's been, it's been so cool to be able to announce a series top to bottom, um, because, you know, I, I went to college for broadcast journalism, so I really get into the, the storylines, the battles. Um, and I understand, you know, it's, it's local racing, but I was a kid that grew up racing these local series, just like both of you guys were as well. And, and you know, I took it serious. I thought about it during the week. I wanted to do good. And so, um, to be able to announce the battles in, the 50 classes, the, the 50 plus vet classes, um, you know, they had the girls triple crown, they had the vet rider, the uh, warrior class triple crown and the two stroke triple crown. So they had little series within the series. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been an absolutely awesome year with NCMX. Um, and for those of you that haven't, uh, haven't checked it out yet, I'm really excited for what they've got coming in 23. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been awesome to be a part of. It's a fun deal and it's just such a great community um and, and so far everybody seems to like how i was announcing i got some uh, got some compliments from daniel blair out at silver valley so i was all pumped up on that there you but, go uh, it's been a it's been a fun journey i've gotten to uh call some racing on the professional level i've gotten to uh announce some in the charlotte mxgp so i've gotten to stand on some big stages talking about dirt bikes and uh, i think that's pretty cool yeah no for sure that is uh that is honestly awesome and i hope uh one day to do that myself and uh like you said that you are not uh, scared to go and talk to people, and uh, neither am I. Uh, you're never going to know until you ask, you know, or Absolutely. or go and talk to somebody. And uh, especially with local motocross, you know as, as best as myself and Heavy D know, it's a, it's a very small uh, community. Uh, it seems to be growing ever since uh, COVID and the pan pandemic, uh, like what actually me and Heavy D were talking about before this was how many entries there were at at Minios this year um, going on right now. And uh, it's honestly awesome to see the local community um, in motocross. Say, even the sport alive, honestly. I, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, even the local level where um, I think there's been a lot of focus on the Loretta Lynn scene and stuff like that. But, I mean, one of my favorite parts about this NCMX series was you get to see the family grassroots level. You've got families out there where you know their kid may not be the next Eli Tomac but they love the sport 
they have friends, they have family members, you know, the parents have people to hang out with, the kids get to play, everybody's in a safe environment. And you don't really see that in, in a lot of other sports, just that full family camaraderie. And you've got friends and little kids that are battling as hard as they can out on the track. And then they're playing in the dirt five minutes later after the moto. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And what me and heavy D have said multiple times and it, you hit it, you know, you hit the nail right on the head with that and talking with, you know, your biggest competitors, if something goes wrong with your motorcycle, your biggest competitor will give you, you know, one of their parts if need be, you know, because they don't want to lose like that, you know? And I feel like in other, um, ball sports, uh, they, you know, they won't, they won't do that. You know, if somebody forgets their gloves or their cleats, sorry, bud, we ain't got yep. any more, you know? So, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it is an individual sport, but I think there's a mutual respect between riders where we're all out there. We're putting our bodies at risk. We're putting our lives at risk. It's a dangerous sport. And I think we all know that. And so when we line up, you know, if, I don't want you to feel like you're not 100% safe. If you if you don't have a good helmet, if you've got a helmet that you only crashed your brains out in and I've got a spare, yeah, take it, man. I mean, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think just the mutual respect between riders, between the families, between the, the fans, uh, I mean, the people that really understand what the riders are doing out there, even on a local level, um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. No, it, it it's honestly awesome, and I'm glad that – uh, you got on here to the Imperative MX podcast because I believe your knowledge and your expertise in announcing and along with music and everything that you do for the local motocross scene, I feel like you were uh, definitely the first person that I wanted to bring uh, on here uh, through the Imperative MX podcast. And uh, uh, Heavy D, do you have any uh, anything that you wanted to uh, say to Zach here? No, he actually like cover it all that's 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 the thing that's awesome about talking to zach you know like you can carry on a conversation with him and you're going to get some form of knowledge out of it no matter what you're talking about you could be talking about picking up a cup off the ground and he's going to give you a solid reason about it but that's just like that just goes to show like the the kind of guy he is and how like outgoing and ongoing he is and how cool he is like that's what i like about him like you know like, that's why I was pumped he got to, you know, perform at Loretta's. I thought that was, me personally, I thought that was, like, one of the most badass things. Like, small-town kid from the Carolinas able to perform at Loretta's. Like, come on, like, 6,000 people? Like, that's insane. So, but, like, I'm pumped for him. I, I wish him all the success. Like, I hope he goes far. I hope he's, like, the next Luke Combs, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just where I want to see him go. But, I yeah. mean, hey, Zach Heron. I can't thank you guys enough, man. No, it's uh, and, and honestly, both of you guys are somebody who who tried to run a podcast on their own. You guys need to be proud of what you've done, man, because this is uh, this is an awesome podcast. I'm I'm honored to be uh, one of the first call-ins and, and talk to you guys about everything. Um, but you guys really, you should be proud of what you've done. This is uh, an awesome local podcast. We were talking about it, Zach, out at Silver Valley. Um, we got a lot of cool things going on here in North Carolina on the moto scene, and so. I think it's really cool to have a professional and a, uh, a well-put-together podcast to recover it or to, to talk about it and to go through everything that's coming up and that's already happened. And so uh, I've, been, I've been excited to listen to the, uh, to the past episodes, and I'm excited to see what you guys have coming up. Awesome. Zach, uh, thank you very much. Zach Heron, where, uh, where can we find you on, uh, on social media for all your uh, media links here? 
Yeah, guys. So uh, I, I spell it a little different than you. It's Z A C, um, uh, and then Heron H E R R I N Music on Instagram. So Zach Heron Music on Instagram. Uh, you can look my name up on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, pretty much wherever you get your tunes at. Uh, just type my name in, and you uh, my singles Trust and Heat, and then Out at the Ranch as well. Um, are available for download, and we're uh, in the process of recording some more. So hopefully, I'll have some new stuff coming real soon. Awesome, Zach. We'll definitely yeah. be uh, we'll definitely be listening, and uh, myself and Heavy D and uh, everybody here at the Imperative MX Podcast is glad that you came on, and uh, thank you very much, Zach. And uh, we'll be uh, talking to you or seeing you here in the near future. Absolutely, guys. Thank you again for having me. Y'all have a great rest of the episode. Take it easy. Yes, sir. Easy, Zach. See you, brother. And that's Zach Heron here on the Imperative MX uh, podcast. Um, before we get into the rest of uh, the talking points here, Zach Heron, what a character, Heavy D. Oh, man. Zach is awesome, dude. I mean, you got to love him. Like, I love hearing him announce. He always has awesome talking points. He stays in tune with what's going on at the race. And, well, I think that's why he's such a good musician, man. Like, he is... He's like laser focused, and you can tell, like, in his like. I honestly, it sounds crazy. I'd like to know what's going through his mind, even when he performs, just because it's like he he makes it look so effortless when yep. he's doing his music, even yep. when he's announcing. Dude, it's so sick. Yeah, the confidence level that I see in him is uh, he's he's not scared uh to talk and to put his uh input out there, which his input was great. I mean, everybody at Silver Valley seemed to have no problem with the announcing, and I don't know why. Uh, anybody would. So, um, no, it's awesome. I'm glad that Zach was able to call in and, uh, um, yeah, just hear, you know, his racing background and also the music that he gets into the NCMX series, uh, that he announces for, he got to go to Loretta's and race. He got to sing, um, and, you know, play music at the ranch. I mean, um, you know, I had no idea that he announced at the Charlotte MXGP, um, you know, where the homeboy Cooper Webb smoked everybody so oh yeah i mean that's that's awesome man and his resume um really really stands clear that he is a uh he's a people person and uh he's got a lot of things a lot of good things uh heading his way oh 100 percent, without a doubt and uh yeah we can't think uh we can't help uh but think the people out at fxr like i said from High performance snow rider wear to motocross wear. FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow rider gear. FXR has you covered in really any uh, any form of uh, outfit or uh, gear that you need. Uh, so make sure to go and check out FXRRacing.com. Uh, a lot of people, Heavy D from Minios, FXR is out there. Oh, dude, FXR is running the motocross scene right now. Literally. They got them everywhere. Absolutely, and everywhere indeed. So make sure to go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting, especially in my opinion for motocross riding gear. Uh, I have not rode. Uh, I got a fork seal uh, that is blown on the Suzuki RMZ 450. Must have been from those big jumps out there at... Silver Valley, huh? 
uh, heavy D. <laughs> hey, you were in full send mode. You was just like, all right, I'm going back to get my bike, and I'm going to send every bit of whatever I have to to make this trip worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. My, myself being irritated for that 30 minutes driving all the way back home was well worth it indeed. Uh, and I... 100% had that FXR gear uh, in the bag, ready to go. So uh, thank you for their continuing su uh, support with FXR. Um, Heavy D, amazing, amazing Dirt Industries custom graphics in Rayford, North Carolina. They do some of the best uh, high-quality work for your dirt bike graphics, um, decals, banners, flyers. Whatever you need, Heavy D, they got you covered. Oh, absolutely, and I mean, if you hadn't checked them out, you definitely go check them out. ID kits for jerseys, you know, car wraps, motocross graphics kits. Definitely got to ch check out their uh, their new chrome material, that chrome reflection material they got. It's it's pretty insane. So if you uh, want to get a one up on everybody else with the new flashy kits, head on over to Dirt Industries, and uh, they'll definitely get you taken care of. Absolutely. For over ten years, they have designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. If you would like to get your graphics looking top notch, go uh, look no further than Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And uh, you can find them on the web, dirtindustriesgraphics.com. And uh, make sure you support the ones that support the sport and also support us here on the Imperative MX podcast. So thank you to FXR and Dirt Industries for being on board here in 2022 on the podcast. Um, Heavy D, we got a little bit more to talk about when it comes to uh, minios, like we said earlier in the podcast. Um, I'm just going to go through a couple of uh, results pages here. Um, from some of the standout rides, we have to talk about the uh, the pro classes. Uh, 450 Pro Sport, Hayden Deegan uh, gets that win. Uh, right behind him, Quentin. Um, help me out, Heavy D. Do you know how to say his last name? Well, you said was which class now? Uh, this is 450 Pro Sport, and it's uh, Hayden Deegan got first in that 319 on the Cowie uh, from overseas. Uh, Quentin. Uh, oh, um. Prugneries? Prugneries. Yeah, it, uh, so we butchered that. Um, and then uh, Dax Bannock, um, Morgantown, North Carolina zone, got third uh, there. In the 250A class, Dax and Bennick ended up getting the win there with Benjamin uh, Garib right behind him. Um, and oh, yeah, then, uh, Yeah, Garib, sorry. And uh, Quentin. Uh, ended up getting third. That was the uh, moto that um, Deegan had. Oh, he got fifth there. He got a really bad start and had to work his way back up. It's good for uh, Patrick Murphy, who uh, rides for that Club MX team. He ended up getting sixth in that one. I believe that he had the early, early lead, if I'm not mistaken, or was right there uh, at the front. So that's good. Um, I actually spoke with Gage Linville after his uh, big get-off there on Sunday. I do believe, or maybe it was Monday, um, where he went over the bars right after the spectator straightaway jump section there. Um, mm -hmm. He said he was okay. He had a little bit of uh, a muscle tear, if I do believe, in his um, in his wrist. Um, but oh, dang. bike hit neutral, 
and that's what that's what happened. So it wasn't the kicker; it was neutral. He he must have downshifted or uh, upshifted in uh, that neutral position, and that's what caused his uh, over the bars. But I talked to him right afterwards, and he's okay, uh, other than being a little sore. So his uh, results did not show uh, how good of a rider that Gage Linville is. He got third. Uh, there in the final main event uh, of the arena cross, which I did not even put that on the uh, talking points, Heavy D. Uh, the arena cross from this past weekend, um, which I will actually write this down and we'll get to it uh, towards the later end of the pod. But Gage is uh, nobody to mess with. He he was, uh, I believe, in the qualifying. He ended up uh, winning over um, the likes of Hayden Deegan and uh, Daxton Bennett and those uh, those guys. So he is nobody to uh, to slouch on moving forward. Um, oh, and he, man, I ain't knocking what he has by any means. And I, I mean, I think he's got a good deal going with like Honda Australia, but he is one. He should have had. He should have a ride over here. I believe so too. Um, and if you think about, I mean. Caden Braswell did not do that well at the Arena Cross Series and did not do very well at the uh, Minios. I mean, I'm looking at the at the results here. Um, Braswell in the uh, I do not even see him in the 250A results here. Um, He's at Minios. Well, he was uh, unless he just decided to dip out. Um, But he was he was there. Two 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 on the Honda. Um, yeah, I do not see him in the results here unless he just raced um, a little bit. And uh, yeah, uh, he was there though. He was racing on. Um, uh, I forget what day it was. Uh, Sunday, I believe. Um, but I don't know why I don't uh, see him here in the results. Or I could just be. Nope. Here he is. Uh, did not start. He finished 10th um, in the 250A class um, and did not start the main event. So, uh, yeah, Caden Braswell was okay. yeah, Caden Braswell was there but did not um, start. So, uh, I believe I saw something about it on Instagram. I believe that he is trying to go to um, that New York uh arena cross that's going on this weekend so i believe oh. that that i believe that's what he's doing and that's what he's getting prepared for um but i could be wrong um but yeah 250a uh i mean uh, the pro classes we i mean hayden deegan's just walking away with this stuff we'll see what it comes to uh motocross here but obviously he's the he's the fastest rider um the overseas rider quentin i'm not even going to try and butcher his last name again um number 319 on a cowie um, 16 years old. He's a uh, very, very quick rider, and uh, he's adapting. Uh, first time coming overseas and racing, uh, even Supercross. Uh, or you know, we don't know it if he has any type of background really in Supercross, but it seems like he is. Uh, he's doing very well. So make sure you guys keep an eye eye out. Uh, on that. Um, next one I wanted to get into is 250B Limited. That was the one that Noah Stevens ended up getting the win, followed by Liam Olaf. His first race uh, on that NSA Rock River uh, Amateur Factory Yamaha team um, comes out in second. Uh, so he just ran the Super Minis at Loretta's, getting a title there, and now can jump on a 250F on a brand-new team 
on a brand new bike and can get second beating the likes of Drew Adams. That is hella impressive, Heavy D. This kid, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan already. I want his autograph. Oh, like I say, it's like 29 Olaf, 2,900 Olaf. So, God, I mean, and a pretty, about all of them. No, let me rephrase that. All of the Olafs are fast. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let, let me get that straight from jump. But, I mean, the kid was ripping at Loretta's on the Super Mini. So, and I've always thought, me, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. But, a super mini is, especially if you got one hellacious built super mini, they are the hardest thing to ride. Like they're so radical. I mean, vibrations got gotta all, be ridiculous. Oh, dude, they're like you got all that power packed into a mini, mm-hmm. and they are hell to ride. So, personally, I feel like he was bound to be. I mean just to hop on a bit bike and be fast no matter what. I mean, you, you got a bike, of course, it's more bike up underneath of them, more power, of course, but more controllable power. I mean, smooth, it's where you want it. I mean, and he's on one of the best bikes out there. I mean, come on. So, I mean, he was bound to be good from jump coming off of that Super Mini, especially how fast he was going on that thing. Yeah. Um. The only thing that I have to say – um, about it is that I have to go to my previous previous experience um, jumping from 85s to big bikes, which I jumped from 85s to 150s when Honda uh, first came out with them. And actually speaking on Minios, um, I did the first year that they had the 150s. They actually had a 150 class only, and I raced that uh, in Supercross and Motocross. Did not do very well. The throttle stuck multiple times. I had Josh Grant, six foot nine, overseas mechanic, trying to work on it. <laughs> still, throttle still stuck. That was just bad memories on that one fifty. But um, Noah Stevens, he ends up getting that win um, in that two fifty B limited class. That's the reason I brought the uh, brought this up. Yep. Didn't want to do a whole Olaf uh, segment here, but um, yeah, beating Drew Adams and. Um, you know, more on this list, there was, uh, I mean, I only printed out two, um, two pages and there was more, uh, racers. So full gate, a lot of, a lot of competition there and, uh, glad for Noah that he was able to get one of these wins, uh, Supercross Minios 2022 heavy D. Oh yeah. Um, no, he's, it's crazy. Like that, that kid rips too. And I think it's awesome. He actually got to pull one off, especially in Supercross, like. By far, Supercross is one of, I feel like, especially at Gatorback, one of the hardest ones to, like, win a title because, I mean, it can go south if you draw a bad gate pick, especially there because the first turn, that is a hard right. And if you're on the outside, on the left side of that dog box, I mean, the odds are not in your face. No, no. But, like, even the rest of his results, dude, like, he pulled off a lot of top tens. He only had one outside of the top ten, and that was Schoolboy too. So yeah, I mean, I, I say like that's solid, and, and I think he's really going like open some eyes on outdoors. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, he's a menace, definitely, when it comes to outdoors. Um, moving into Schoolboy two, um, that was the um, well, actually, Jewel. Well, 
it must have not been Schoolboy 2 that uh, Julian and uh, Christian had that incident because here, Schoolboy 2, it's showing that Julian won over Adams and Janik. Um, Avery Long, who I felt like was going to be a um, top contender in these uh, B classes, um, along with um, uh, Schoolboy 2 and that sort of thing, I felt like he would have been a uh, top guy. Um, but um hasn't been able uh, he won uh schoolboy uh two uh the qualifier uh, one of the heat races um but hasn't been able to get it done uh, as far as a title goes so i expect him to do really well outdoors and come out with uh a little bit of vengeance um but yeah julian bomber um uh, drew adams and christian janik one two and three and schoolboy two um 450 <laughs> 450b limited um I wanted to talk about Olaf again, realistically. I mean, 450B on the 250, and he finishes third. I mean, beating Drew Adams, um, you know, he was right behind uh, Avery Long. Um, Noah got eighth in this one. Um, Landon Peppard, uh, Dawson Cobb, there he is in uh, 11th. Um, and uh, yeah. Double B. Hey, we have to talk about his B performance. He's been doing well. I mean, to come out uh, C-class, you know, all year. And then come out to one of the biggest amateur national races of the year. I would say probably the second. Um, and he's getting right there around the top 10. And in his heat races, he was finishing seventh or eighth. So we know he's good here in the B class. He's just got a, uh, just a little bit more speed. And uh, time will come for uh, Dawson oh, Cobb. Yeah. He got seventh and 450B in the main. Yeah, so 450B limited. I'm looking at the results. Um, right now, um, he got eighth in his heat and, uh, 11th, um, overall in the, um, um, main. Yeah. Yep. yep. So no, he's doing really, really well there. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, Olaf be on the lookout for that kid, uh, 65, 10 to 11, um, was just, Young a, was a, just a huge amount of entries. I believe this was the highest class that they had, the 65cc classes, other than the 50s, and it had over a hundred and um, 110 entries um, in this class. 110. 110. There were mul there were multiple classes, like the 50s. They had like 114. There was 119 class. There was 112. Dude. There was, I'm telling you, there was a lot of kids for these classes. Holy hell. Yeah, there was a lot of people in these classes. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, Chase Dashiell uh, from Fairfax Station, Virginia. I did not get that right in the beginning. Um, but finishing fifth, so got to give it up to the Virginia uh, 65 CC 10 to 11 limited rider for finishing fifth uh, in the Supercross, uh, which is awesome uh, from the local... Virginia area mini E four to eight heavy D Ashburn Hall takes home that uh that second I wonder if he was playing football before he uh got on the gate <laughs> oh but he probably was and it's it's funny like God he don't even could you imagine he okay he got second and that that was mini E yeah and yep. then I think which other one was it? I want to say the seven to eight limited he got like fifth fourth or fifth yep and 
dude, he don't even ride. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's what's that's what's scary. Like he does not ride. He play literally goes pr- school football practice, and then all right, load up, load up, buddy. We're going to Minio's race this week. <laughs> yep, here we go. go. Coming straight off the football field or whatever other sport is going on straight to the motocross track and can finish second uh in one in you know in the second biggest amateur national of the year uh at least in my opinion and can finish on uh you know on top of the box uh or you know uh on the box um uh, that's honestly super super cool oh um, he i mean that that's a that's one thing not trying to get off subject here or make it a whole um ordeal but i think a lot of that a lot of these kids get overlooked in that sense. Like they, a lot of these guys, even that's another, we don't have scouts, but if we did, they don't take into consideration. Right. Is like the circumstances of these riders and what they could, what could be if they had the different circumstances or like money, the travel money, the travel dude, like it's, it, it's crazy because I felt like, I could have probably got myself out there if I would have done like because uh, arena cross, like I said, is like my top accolades uh, that I have. Mm-hmm. And if I could have raced the entire series, right, or if I could have gone to these different races, then I would have got my name out there more. I could have met more people. And these kids get overlooked because they only show up to these big races, but they don't show up to the other ones that you know these uh, people are attending. Or even if they have a bad Loretta's. Like we've, you know, talked about with Taylor Futrell and some of these other guys that um, that either won one title uh, or didn't win any at all. But everywhere else they would go, they would win, but they would never get a top factory ride or even, you know, hardly looked at. Oh, 100%. And, like, don't get me wrong, like I say, not trying to get off subject. Like, I know in the last episode, I... Like the whole Moto Combine ordeal, I said I think they should get rid of that bullshit. In my opinion, that's why I feel like they should because they don't. It doesn't cater to these kids that don't have what a bunch of these other kids do. Now, granted, I understand a lot of these top kids, their parents put in a lot of time, but I'm I'm not discrediting them for that by any means. But the Moto Combine is literally set up for invites for the kids that don't even need to be seen, really. Right. Like, I mean, of course, all these kids, they, they could all be seen, but it's not set up for the average kid like an Abjur Hall. It's not set up for them. Like, it's a, for them, it's a, it's a loss. It's not a game because the ones that go to the Moto Combine have some kind of deal in some, some sort of way only thing that would help them more is if they beat a kid that has a ride already and then they could get looked at in a sense but as far as like right now like to me the moto combine is pointless it doesn't i mean that's what i'm saying it's not helping an option hall it's helping a dax benning yeah it's helping one of the guys that are on a team already exactly and because they can afford to go to these races and they can afford the entry fees, they can afford the hotels, they can afford the campers and all this other stuff. Not granted, there's people out there that, you know, can't afford these and that's great. But, you know, some, you know, some of us, you know, it's, it's even hard for me to go racing sometimes heavy D because it's, I mean, gas is, gas is high and, um, 
you know, doing two classes and trying to figure out where to sleep and food and all of this stuff, especially with inflation and all of that. I mean, it's it's hard to go racing, Heavy D. Oh, dude, it's it's extremely hard. Like, I, I know, like, trust me, my parents worked their ass off just so I could go race. Right. And, and, and man, my, my parents made damn good money, and it was still tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 same with my dad. I mean, he made really good money as well, and we didn't have the top-of-the-line stuff, you know, and – um, you know, all of this stuff. I mean, it, you know, we had a camper that we had for multiple, multiple years that, you know, you buy used, you buy a used trailer. I mean, sometimes you buy used bikes, used parts. I mean, it's the nature of the game to keep you going each and every weekend that you want to go and race. And, oh, dude, it, it's, it's so expensive. Like not trying to cut you off my bad. No, you're good. Um, just like to go to Texas, to go to Freestone, like, dude, that's 22 hours for me. Like, or however, you know, 16, 18 hours, you know, like we're lucky enough because the three big races that we uh, attended to in one year was we went to um, Vegas for the arena cross for the amateur arena cross final. Then we would go to Loretta's and then we would go to Minio's and that was, and that was it. But still, that's not even enough heavy D like instead of you going to these local races, it seems like they're wanting to push out these bigger amateur national races that are further and further from you know everybody i get that you that everybody has to go you know all of these big top amateur prospects if you want to get your name out there you have to race these guys right but i feel like there's not enough big amateur nationals to cover everything and if you think about it on the east coast really all you have is the minios you have loretta's and if you want to call the mega series east you know east coast as far as like popularity goes then i guess you can you can throw victory sports and mega series and all that in there but there's nothing else heavy d oh no like it's literally not like even okay the moto combine the first i think the closest one well no the one they did was iron man yep yeah, it's Iron Man. Like, come on. That's eight like, and a half. Hour, that's eight and a half hours for me, and for North Carolina, for uh, you know, folks listening from that North Carolina, South Carolina, it's you know, well over ten and a half hours. Oh, dude, it's it's outrageous. Like, it's absurd. It's like, come on, like you, and it's an invite. Like they invite, ki- like kids that's on teams or premier teams. That's what it's for. Yep. And if you ask me, I'm sorry. Like, I can – people are going to be like, oh, he's so stuck on this. But take them some – if you really want to see what these kids are made of, take them somewhere like Silver Valley or, or Bud's Creek or something like that. Have a shootout like Silver Valley did and see what these – even let, let these top amateurs come to some of the B, some of the A, whatever. Let them off the leash. Screw them, screw this whole, you know, ruining their eligibility with the whole money ordeal, which is dumb because most of them get paid anyway. Uh, and let them go at it and see what they're made of. Screw the combine. Let, let them go out there and see what they got with some of these top privateer guys like Rod Bell or Freddie Norn or Brandon Chair. Because in my opinion, I'm not going to lie, if they would have came to Silver Valley, it would have been some hurt feelings. Yeah, and, you know, I saw that most of the, you know, we saw that Daxon Binnick and 
a lot of those star riders, Hayden Deegan included, went to that GPF, you know, facility to to race. And um, sorry, bud, but that's not Silver Valley, man. Uh, that, that's that, that's Club MX. That's club. That's Club MX right there. In a in a little bit, you know, different form, but you get what I'm saying. Oh no, I get what you're saying. Like, I, and I'm not firing shots at Dax or Deegan because I mean they're both fast. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, they've earned what they got. No, we're, what we're what we're trying to say is that we want them to come out to one of the, if not the gnarliest track, um, on the southeast coast. Um, because I would say if you say the whole east coast, I mean Unadilla gets pretty rough. So does High Point. So I don't know. I I just know. That we need to have an amateur national that is here around the um, uh, yeah, a- around this area here because you look out west, California, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, all of these places are having these classics and these big amateur races, but over here, you don't have anything like that other than the biggest races of the year and if you do not perform at these two biggest races of the year then you're not you're not even going to get talked about or nobody's even going to know who you are and that's the unfortunate part yeah it is and like granted i know that whole race they did it was moto playground it uh that uh, cash for class is what it was called right and uh, Motor Playground puts on awesome events. Absolutely. But literally, it was just them two. It was them two. That's it. Yeah. And you get more more guys that show up to Silver Valley, which that see to me, Heavy D, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. That and they, and they both live. They actually are living in North Carolina. They were in Florida, but they live in North Carolina. That is mind boggling. And you're t- uh, yeah. I mean, I know, it, and I know it wasn't their decision. I know that for a fact. I know it was a team decision. Well, like and, we talk about, we we try to keep these, you know, th- these riders and and these, you know, self induced pillows to make sure that nothing happens to them before the first rounds of the year. Yeah, like even with a bunch of the KTM, I'm not. I ain't gonna call him out. He shut them down. They wouldn't let him come. But in, in my opinion, I understand like. A lot of these managers and team, they're trying to, they're do, they feel, they're doing what's best, what they feel is best for them, but it's actually what's best for the team because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what keeps sponsors happy and this and that. Right. But, at some point in time, if you want your kid to go farther, sometimes you gotta do what's best for your kid and don't let them make the decisions for you. That's just my opinion on that. For example, my dad would never let me into the C-Class because as we were growing up, the dads that we were hanging around and stuff, right, like we would always go and watch the C-Class for the first-term pileups. No offense to nobody. It's just what happens in the C-Class, okay? My dad oh, did not me. My dad did not want me a part of that. So my dad just was... threw me straight into B-Class. He said, I do not care. If you get whooped, you, you'll you learn. You know, eventually you'll learn to get faster. The faster people that you ride with, you'll, you know, whatever. And that's just my thinking on what you're saying about um about these riders and and teams and things that I just I don't understand well number one I feel like Silver Valley MX Park um will throw in their plug there is the, you know it's the local national in North Carolina surrounding states really the whole um 
southeast coast for the most part. Um, I I really think an amateur national needs to be needs to be held there. Yes, a lot of work will need to be done for that to forget for that to happen as far as parking and you know accommodations and all that good stuff. But regardless of the fact. That is a track that needs to have something done, and it would not be a bad thing for these kids to get um, that gnarly of a track, um, especially even before Loretta's. I mean, I feel like that would be almost a, a damn near perfect place to have a um, a local national, but at a big level um, right before Loretta's. Uh, you know, maybe in June or July, uh, you know, the somewhere right around in there, right? Like, I thought the moto playground moto vroom vroom that they did at the lake sugar tree event that i went to earlier this year when chad reed and josh grant zach osborne and all of these kids showed up or all these people showed up um i felt like that was a really good thing to have right there before loretta's um to get a race in before you go to loretta's and some people will say no we're not going to do that because we want to save ourselves for loretta's well if you don't ride guess what all at your all your competition still rotting. If you say no, exactly. your comp your competition's rotting. So exactly. And I don't and know. I don't know why we need to have these, especially at the top level. I don't know why we need to throw these guys, you know, into these so called pillows that I like to say just for soft comforting. Um, you know, maybe it's not in the budget. Maybe it's way above my head on on talking. But I'm just speaking on if you want the rider to get fast like we say every single episode here on the imperative mx podcast a local racing and these local tracks that don't get the um you know the i guess the talks that they need that they need to um they really need to come out and i don't i don't have anything else really to say on that aspect then uh then we need to get more more of these top racers to come to these to these local races um and for us to have a local national on a big level here uh, in North Carolina, Virginia, that's that that area. Oh, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. Yep. Um, but uh, heavy D, I did cut you off there for for a minute. Did you have something no. to say? No, you didn't, dude. You're good. You're good. Like you you said it all, like literally. Yeah. Um, as far as local racing conversation uh, comes up, we got into that a little bit with the uh, um, with minios and also uh that little uh talk that we had there um amateur racing i mean i can't wait to go to a next one i need to go to a to a race i actually need to ride my rmz 450 <laughs> to be honest uh it's uh still sitting in in the uh in the garage that i have local racing uh conversation uh and some upcoming schedule races um myself and heavy d before we hit record here on the imperative mx podcast east bend is going to have a race this weekend but other than that we do not know of any other races that are uh are going on but don't forget about the dreamville mx uh december 3rd through the 4th noah shipwash memorial race uh there'll be a 3100 pro purse um payback money along with some other good things that's going on december 3rd through the 4th at dreamville mx so make sure you guys go out to that one uh heavy d i'm gonna do my best to make sure that i'm out there for that um i have not been to what i call it wide open uh in a uh very very long time so i'm stoked uh to try and get out there for uh imperative mx and to show my uh um show myself there for the noah shipwash memorial race yeah that was my that was my stomping grounds for a few years there yep 
I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised for all that stuff they did down there in Minios. They didn't call you up so you can move some trees and you know make some parking for everybody. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm local only. I'm a local operator only. <laughs> oh, is that in, is that is that in contract? Uh right now, uh, it just depends. I know it's got to be renewed sometime soon here. But hey, well, just I letting mean, everybody know here on the Imperative MX podcast, if you're listening and you need any type of track work done, even if you are in Australia, make sure to hit up Heavy D uh, on on Instagram. <laughs> just kidding. I'll be I'll be willing to go on tour. <laughs> he I'll said. <laughs> he said I'll go I'll go on a dirt moving uh, tour. Uh, that would yeah. be uh, that would be awesome. Um, hydropower. Uh, heavy D hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. We want to make sure that all of the riders listening, uh, the parents, make sure your riders are always safe and, uh, make sure that they ride faster. So make sure to get yourself some hydropower, go to drinkhydropower.com to get your blue Raz today. It's their new flavor. They have lemonade and blue Raz. Um, I started drinking mine. Uh, for the first time right there before uh, the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash. And uh, still right now, I think I'm going to have to hit up Garrett and uh, order myself some more because I'm starting to run low, Heavy D. Anytime that I'm feeling tired or just need a little bit of extra push, I wouldn't say it's it's a in, uh, an energy drink. Uh, it's more to just kind of keep you hydrated and formulated throughout the day. Um and it is honestly a game changer, and I couldn't say it anymore around 7, 8 o'clock in the morning because, as you know, I go to work super early, so I always feel like I need... It's like 2 o'clock, dude. That's insane. Uh, yep, well, yours truly. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, sometimes right there when the sun comes up, Heavy D, I, you know, when we're... Uh, send you, when I'm sending you pictures early, early in the morning now that it's getting, <laughs> it's getting cold outside and I'm dealing with these rail cars, but... Um, but yeah, no, I, I love hydropower. I love what they're doing. Uh, they won a couple uh, of, uh, titles with some riders at Minio's already in the supercross. So make sure to go and check out drinkhydropower.com. That's hydropower, um, to get you safer, uh, and faster, uh, get rid of that arm pump, get you some more endurance, drinkhydropower.com. Heavy D, you you say what? It had you loose at the valley, dude. I'm not going to lie. Hey, I'm telling you, I drank a little bit um, right there before I went out for my first practice. I didn't do uh, the whole 30 minutes before, uh, you know, drink uh, before I go out there. But I had a little bit, and I had a little bit of arm pump there in that beginning. But I think it was also because I wasn't used to the track, and uh, it was deep, and it was new for me. I haven't rode there in a while, so it could be just a little bit of – um, you know, I was just a little tight and a little tense there in the beginning, but, um, when I went out there for the rest of my practices, you saw me, I was, I was throwing it around, uh, for a oh, 30, yeah. for a 30 year old, I was feeling loose out there and hydropower think, uh, you know, uh, got me through that. So, um, yeah, no, just make sure you go and check out hydropower. They're awesome. Heavy D I still got to get you to try some next time. Uh, are you going, are you going to go to, uh, the Dreamville MX race? If I can get free. All right. Well, if if I if uh, if I bring you some uh, some hydropower, will that increase the chances of you showing up to Dreamville MX? Oh, the chances are very high. Like, absolutely. All right, everybody, look for uh, Heavy D to be out at DreamX, uh, Dreamville MX for that Noah Shipwash Memorial Race uh, because he wants just some uh, some hydropower. So 
that gives you an incentive that you need to go to drinkhydropower.com. Uh, last topic of discussion, professional Supercross, Paris Supercross talk. Uh, we were going to cover uh, Paris Supercross last week, but since we did not record last week due to sick uh, reasonings. Um, <laughs> sick reasonings. Sick reasonings. Um, <laughs> Kim Roxon uh, on a Honda ends up beating Eli Tomac and takes his uh, title for winning everything uh, this year uh, kind of away. So that was uh, that was good for Kenny. Uh, I believe it was uh, Brayton third, Tomac second, and Ken Roxon ended up getting the win, like we said. And uh, Heavy D, Ken Roxon is uh, is a different animal right now and uh, going to be interesting to see what happens in 2023 with Ken Roxon. Oh, so here's my take on this. After he won, people, a lot of people said it was the genuine Honda. I'm so, I'm going to have to disagree on that. I don't think it was the bike I honestly don't feel like it had anything to do with the bike. I think it was just Kenny. I honestly feel like Kenny has just, everybody else has been chilling and Kenny's been racing. Yep. And that's what we talk about. Literally, I'm sticking to it. I think it's that Kenny's just been racing more. And like like, like you say, he's, with Factory Honda, he did all kinds of testing. But, he could never get comfortable racing it. Yeah. Literally, you go, you, of course, you race every weekend. But if you think they race and they test, so that they're trying different stuff. He's, you take that whole platform away where he has 50 people around him every day and they're trying different shit. Excuse my French. Sorry. Yep. Um, They're trying different shit and they're, they're not thinking, okay, maybe we, we race this, race this, see where we can get better. Now, I think he left that, and he's been racing, and he's riding all these different bikes. He's been riding so many different bikes. I think it's helped him realize, okay, yeah, all right, maybe this isn't so bad here. Maybe I just – a little tweak here and keep racing it and see where I can get more comfortable with it. Right. It ain't been, like, so strategically on a whole series – He's just been racing these different races and staying up on race level where everybody else has just been chilling and not saying they fought fell off like Tomac. I don't think Tomac fell off because, dude, he was still ripping like golly. Absolutely. I just feel like Roxon, he's just been racing more and he's in better race form right now. Yeah. So it w- it's just been clicking. And honestly, I feel like 23, if he stays healthy, oof. Ooh, they in well, trouble in 23. And also, like we talk about, riding all the time and and with Kenny riding all of these different motorcycles, that just gives him more of a feel for these bikes and uh, mm-hmm. I think even, even just more of a flow on a motorcycle because he went from a Yamaha at Club MX to racing the Honda and winning at World Supercross, then going to Italy to ride the Stark Varg, which he still looked good on that. And then mm-hmm. uh, on the HEP Suzuki. Uh, and which looked, he was. Looked uh, like 2016 RCH vibes. Bring them back. Dude, honestly, like, he looked comfortable. Like, so comfortable. It was like... It's like watch- he hasn't been he hasn't been off that bike since he won. Mm-hmm. 
And like like I say, you watch even on a Honda. I'll, a lot of people ride the Honda the same way because it like I always say, it's got that low rake in the front. It's got a dive in the front, so you really have to get to the corners with the bike. As you could tell, like with the Suzuki, he would start to do that. And then he was just like, oh, damn, I really don't have to do that. I can just kind of flow with the motorcycle. I could be a little bit more upright, but still over the bars, but not like dead set over the bars. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, we we all know uh, Ken Roxon is one of the best in corners, and uh-huh. just on that Suzuki makes it look even, even better. I mean, he's able to cut in where he wants to. Um, the clips that I saw – just looked immaculate in the corners. It looked like they already knew like what spring rate they need to have them at and the forks and all that good stuff. And uh, the way that it looks, Heavy D, coming from uh, Steve Mathis. Um, so if I get this wrong, you guys can blame Steve and not me. Uh, but Steve believes that that is where Ken is going to go uh, on the latest uh, episode or uh, podcast that uh, Steve had for the Pulp MX show. He was saying that it would be Honda Honda Genuine uh, that he would go to, and uh, now I think uh, things have changed, and Twisted uh, T will not be on Ken Roxon's motorcycle. Instead, it will be Red Bull, um, and I think he's going to go that Suzuki route, Heavy D. Um, could be oh, jumping the gun here a little bit, but that would be really cool to bring back uh, Ken Roxon on a Suzuki and show the world that it does not matter if you do not have an electric start on a motorcycle. Oh, the hell with an electric start. It'll be okay. It's, it, yeah, I'm just going back to what, when I made my first TikTok video stating that I got a Suzuki, all of the comments uh, that were unnecessarily nice, um, to put in a uh, good term. Um, I hope their battery dies. Dude. (laughs) I mean, it's it's like it's like you guys love two strokes. So, like, I mean, I get now that some of them have EFI, and you know they have, or not all of them, but you get like electric start. But regardless of the fact, you're still kicking two strokes, and you're not mad about that. But now that a four stroke has a kick start, oh, let's just completely just start a, you know, a a, a mayhem uh, around that. You know what I want to happen so bad. I want Kenny to go win like a Supercross championship outdoors, and it Suzuki redesigns the bike, completely changes it, and leaves Kickstart on it. I hope they fucking do it. Excuse so, my French. Uh, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it right now. We're gonna have probably one or two episodes where we go through all of the list of riders with the uh, coming up for Supercross, uh, the Super Motocross, Motocross. You know, all of that good stuff for next year, and uh, to speak about each and individual. Uh, or each individual rider, um, what we think is going to happen next year, and uh, we're super stoked to do that in the in the future. And uh, yeah, Ken Roxon uh, could potentially go be going to ATP Suzuki, so that will be very interesting. And uh, I'm going to call it right now; he's going to win a one, uh, no matter what bike he's on. He's winning a one. Um, I like it. I, I just, like it. I just think just because he's riding, he's comfortable. Uh, his Instagram stories, he's working out, obviously, so we know he's in good shape, um, or at least the best shape that he can be. Um, I'm still not going to say title contender because I still need to see those um, bad races go away or those sick races go away. 
Uh, but I will say that whatever bike he ends up on for uh, next year, he's going to win um, one, if not multiple races. Because he's just he's just that he's just that good. Oh, dude, he, I'm on. I, I, I want to see Kenny win the championship. I want to see him win the championship. Man, I we do. all do. I, uh, I want to see him win. We all do, man. We all do, and and hopefully that day, um, that day will come. Um, speaking back on the Paris Supercross, Matt Moss after six years, he had a suspension with WADA there for like four or five years. So uh, it was very emotional for him to getting to get the 250 uh, Supercross win over there, um, Paris. So that was really cool for Matt Moss and Ken Roxon to both walk away as uh, winners. Um, I guess uh, King of Paris and Prince of Paris. So mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, Arena Cross from this past weekend, Heavy D. Myself and uh, you were watching it, and uh, Kyle Bitterman. Um, Man, he had a really nasty get off, but he was able to come back and uh I feel like he's gonna be okay, but that one was pretty uh pretty gnarly. Kyle Peters ended up getting the win. Uh Josiah Natsky ended up getting the win in the second main event, but he jumped on a red cross flag, which uh if I was there, I'd be on uh Josiah's side, uh, because he did not jump the entire thing. He just jumped it a little bit. Um well actually no, sorry, take that back. The flagger, um, when he was crossing it, the guy just put it up. So there's no way that Josiah would have known beforehand until because you're already throttling up the face. What are you going to do? Slam on the brakes and go over the bars? So yeah. So uh, that's that's what I hate when they get put in predicaments like that. It's like, come on, like you. And let I feel like. It's hard to judge that unless you've been in that predicament. Yeah. It, it's and, – and another topic before I forget, too, is that uh, speaking back on Gage Linville, he was working – not working Kyle Peters, but he was giving uh, Kyle Peters a little bit of elbow grease there, and Kyle was not happy about that. Um, even after the race, during the race, all that good stuff. Uh, he was not uh, – I mean, he threw his hand up when he finally got around Gage because Gage was racing him hard, nothing dirty, just keeping him behind him, you know, arena cross racing 101, and Kyle did not like that. Uh, but Kyle did, yeah. end, Kyle did end up uh, getting the uh, the overall um, on the what's week. That, uh, what, what's that my guy says off of Days of Thunder? Son, he didn't hit you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you, and rubbing is racing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and especially in arena crossing, you would think Kyle would know that, but I mean, yeah, uh, very, very, uh, very, very odd. But Kyle Peters, uh, local legend, uh, you know himself, uh, coming from the North Carolina area, uh, ends up getting the win, and uh, it'd be very, uh, very surprising if he does not get this title in uh, in arena cross. Um, but. Um, I have to say, Heavy D, I'm uh, super stoked for Supercross. I love motocross and I love arena cross, but I tell you what, it's about time to uh, flip the page from 2022 to 2023 and get this Supercross uh, season started. I'm so ready because last year, Supercross was all time. The takeouts were insane. The, I'm ready to see 23 is going to hold. Oh, the racing is going to be absolutely uh, phenomenal, and we cannot wait for that. And uh, in the 
next couple of episodes, we'll have a little bit more uh, breaking down the professional Supercross and local racing scene. Uh, so make sure to check it out. And if you have made it this far, we wanted to thank you so very much for listening to this entire pod, getting all the way down to the very end. And we have to thank our sponsors that are on board, West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, and Hydropower. Um, yeah, Heavy D Motocross for the Minios is coming up. Um, there's a lot of fast kids. Make sure that everybody listening and watching, if you want to see your rider, uh, your favorite rider on TV, Racer TV on YouTube, 7.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, all the way up until 6 o'clock in the afternoon. They will have it live with announcing podium speeches, uh, whole shot awards, all that good stuff. So make sure you check in and make sure you watch out for your favorite uh, local rider. Um, but Heavy D, that, that this is the uh, this is the end of uh, episode number six. We had uh, Minio's conversation. Zach Herring called in for our first-time caller. That was awesome to hear from him and his uh, music side and uh, everything that he does within uh, – you know, the sport of local motocross, and that's what we are here for on the Imperative MX podcast, and it, and it was awesome to have Zach call in, huh, Heavy D? Oh, dude. It's, it's, it's so sweet, you know, especially with him being a racer, announcer, musician, and he's raced Loretta's, gotten to perform there. Like, it's always good to hear input and uh, speak to some of the fellow racers and the ones that have, you know, not completely moved on, but are on like a bigger and better path and paths in their life, and still trying to be involved in the sport and uh, chase their own dream at the same time. So, I mean, hey, but like you say, it was awesome hearing from Zach. Yeah, and uh, I think if uh, he goes to be that next Luke Combs, I believe that you will still see him at a local motocross race. Uh, you know, nearby. Uh, he's just that type of person, and he loves the local motocross community just like we do. So we're glad that Zach came on board. Um, then we also, you know, covered uh, local racing and had a little bit of schedule, some upcoming races that are that are coming up. If you have any questions, uh, concerns, if you want to get your track involved here on the Imperative MX podcast, uh, or if you just have anything regarding the Imperative MX podcast, make sure to email us at imperativemx at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel's growing, TikTok's growing, and Instagram's growing, Facebook's growing. Everything is growing, and we're humbled uh, to have everybody on board, and we thank you guys very much for checking out uh, everything that Imperative MX does. And uh, for myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D., Thank you guys very much for checking out the Imperative MX podcast episode number six, Heavy D, and uh, we're out.